This is the Negro League Podcast with Preach Jacobs. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Negro League Podcast. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. We are sponsored by Mo Better Soul motherfucking clothing. Go to MoBetterSoul.BigCartel.com. <laughs> Enter the code NEGRO to save 10% on your next motherfucking order, motherfucker. <laughs> We also have tickets to the next loft session. So if the homies that are in Columbia, South Carolina, the next loft session is going to be July the 6th. Go and bitch your bitcher. Get your motherfucking tickets <laughs> right now. It's going to be really, really dope. We have my homeboy, uh, uh, that guy Smitty. He's a DJ out of Charlotte, North Carolina. That's going to be killing it. We also have visual artist Mike Krajewski and some other cool, dope shit. It's going to be kind of like a, a homage to the black cookout because it's going to be July the 6th. It's the 4th of July weekend. So... If you got an uncle that got ashy legs that wear them little sandals and and be like poking the meat and they got like chest hair all out listening to goddamn Frankie <laughs> Bellavia Maze, they make the motherfucking best chicken. So we gonna have some the, stuff like that. Out great there. on the grill, <laughs> right? Yeah, great on the grill though. <laughs> Absolutely. If you don't look like that, I don't want you cooking. Not at all. Um, shout out to the people that listened to the last episode. It came out two weeks ago. Uh, the homie Slop Funk Dust was on that episode. Um, shout out to him. And uh, this week I got a homie. That is in the house, a DJ, dope homie that I've known since forever, the homie DJ Live. What's up, man? What's going on, man? Yeah. How you? I'm good, man. Gucci. Thank I'm, you for uh, coming through. I'm glad to be here. Finally got a chance to get on the Negro Lead podcast. Yeah. I'm always listening, always enjoying the topic, so I'm glad to be here to be a part of it. Man, shout out to the niggerdom that I do every <laughs> No doubt. Um, Salute and, to that. And shout and, out to the Coronas, man, that you brought in here. Yeah, man. well, you know, we gotta <laughs> we, we, we gotta have a little joy juice to get it started. Man, and man. also I wanna say, I wanna say too that that um I appreciate what you know what you what you do for the for the culture. Keep keep that moving forward, bro. Like with the podcast, with the cloud, you mentioned Mo Better Soul. Um, clothing, I, I, you know, you already know. I've purchased a few items from I you. I appreciate so, it. Yeah, um, yeah, man. Support the brother, man. Support the brother, Priest Jacobs. He's out here doing good things for the people, man. Support him. Support. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. It was funny because like you was here and we was just chopping it up, just on some regular shit about hip hop stuff and just stuff about being an artist. And I'm like, man, fuck it, let's just do this on the podcast. Right, like, right, right. Like I wish we could have recorded. You what know, we were talking the conversation. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So I'm like, well, fuck it, just come on here. I got the platform, so it's just like you know. Those are the best anyway, those organic conversations. Absolutely, you know man. What I mean? It's here's the thing, right? Is that the older I get, you know, there's this like insecurity that I have as a hip hop artist. It's like, you know, I'm in my I'm in my thirties. I'm turning thirty six in August. And like Youngin. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> well thank you. You're the only nigga that's gonna say that shit, right? <laughs> but now it's like the the twenty year old me would have a target on a thirty five year old me's back, right? right? Because the idea of like, nigga, you rapping at thirty five, what the fuck, you know? And and there's that insecurity of like, damn, why am I still doing this? But I can look at something like the Rolling Stones and these niggas been singing for sixty years. Forever. You, you know what I'm saying? So still like still selling out arenas. I really exactly. feel, I feel like I just posted something about that not too long ago on social media. Just even, just in general with hip hop, like I don't think we give enough love to our legends and even we don't allow people to age in hip hop. Yeah, exactly. So so the Rolling Stones can tour forever, Kiss can tour forever. Mm-hmm. 
uh, fucking, uh, yeah, I mean, shit, you just name a group. Any of those groups from the 80s, 70s, 60s, they can tour forever because they still have that fan base and the fan base will allow them. They're not putting out any new music. Even if they are putting out new music, they're not, they probably performing one or two of those songs. Exactly. They perform, they're performing their classics, you know what I mean? So, um, I don't really think I don't really think the insecurity even needs to come into play, bro, with when it comes to doing music and doing what you love because you know, I, I realized something about that. You know, I I don't I don't I'm not an artist, but I still do rap from time to time. You're an in, artist, nigga. In the like, shower. <laughs> but you're a DJ. That's a, that's an I, artist. I am, like, I, that's definitely. I definitely am a DJ, I but mean, I don't feel like there's ever anything lost when it comes to um music and the and the and the classics and being able to Still put that that out into that. I, I tell you this though, you know what you are. We're psychologists, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like if if you know if you're a DJ, you have the ability to control the mood of a room. Correct. You know what I'm saying? You can you can change someone's outlook for an entire week. Absolutely. You can you can make people feel great about themselves, or you want to get people to fuck out of somewhere. You can do that. I you do know it what all I'm the saying? Time. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like like. And, and it's it is it's an alchemy to it, and I don't think people take that seriously. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, like so. So herein lies the question: Why do you still stay involved with hip hop culture? Do you ever feel like you just want to get the fuck out? And if not, like why are you still here? Oh, I definitely would be lying if I said I didn't ever feel like I wanted to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> I think that once you know, when it comes to hip hop, and then it comes to um, just the culture in general. Not we're not even talking about just the music, just the culture. Like it is me, it's me, and I am it. So it's hard for me to separate from who I am. It's what I grew up on. Uh, you know, it, it really, it really kind of dictates the way that I talk, the way that I dress, the way you know yeah, what I mean. Exactly, exactly. So, so um, the way that I interact with folks. So, um, I don't know if there's ever ever going to be a time. I was just thinking about this recently because now I have a you know. A lot of people don't know this. Some people do, but a lot of people don't know that I have an adult daughter. Wow. So sometimes I think about, like, my daughter is about to be 21 years old. Really? Yes. Nigger. Bro. Right. <laughs> fucking grown up. <laughs> I got about to have a grown up grown up, right? Oh, my God. So I think about the idea of, you know, what if you're out and you're DJing a spot and your daughter walks in the door <laughs> with, like, a, a mini skirt on or some shit? Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Okay. So I just... um. I don't ever really feel like there's ever a time when I when I feel too old for the culture. Now, there's some stuff that I just don't do as a DJ. Some music that I really don't play because I'm not really hip to it. Now it don't really it don't move me, and and I don't think it'll move the people that I associate with or that I affiliate with. So I don't do a lot of a lot of that. But I don't think you can outgrow hip hop. Mm. I mean, it's pop. Maybe maybe some people feel like they can. But at this moment in time, I don't feel like uh, Big Daddy Kane is going to get old to me. Yeah. <laughs> but you know the other thing, too, is that I feel like this is kind of new territory for, for hip-hop culture because, I don't, you know, we're so young that we've never seen people have longevity, long careers in the Correct. culture. You know Correct. what I mean? Correct. There's a, there's a fantasy, uh, you know, and I don't think it's just with hip-hop, but it's like, you know, I work in a record store. It's like all, all you see are like posters of like fucking Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin. So there's a romanticism about, you know, dying young. Absolutely. You, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I don't think it's just with hip-hop, but you look at like Pac, you look at Biggie, there's this romanticism of not getting old. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Where, where 
you know, the idea of of Jay being fifty and a and a billionaire mm-hmm. and and still making music mm-hmm. and still being relevant, I think it's a new thing for the culture. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? And not only that, like <clears throat> like we even if that's funny that you even mentioned that because I was thinking about that as I was as I was reading the article about him becoming a billionaire or being what they what they're calling hip hop's first billionaire. And I was thinking about it from the from the musical standpoint mm-hmm. because now let's just be real. And I would tell anybody, Jay Z is my all time favorite artist. He is the goat to me. I, I don't put that. There's not a there's not an artist that has ever picked up a microphone. And I'll go on record as saying this, and anybody want to argue <laughs> at DJ Live Out Loud? I mean, we got two listeners. Ain't nobody, you know, anybody want to argue with, about with me about this? We can argue all day, but I don't think there's ever been a, a MC to pick up a microphone that I I enjoy more than Jay. But mm-hmm. um, when is the last time Jay Z put out a re- when you say relevant? Like, when's the last time he put out a relevant album? Who Jay? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I love Full Forty Four, but you I know. like that album too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, did it win? It won, did it win a Grammy? It, it was nominated. It was nominated mm-hmm. for a Grammy. Mm-hmm. But I guess when I say relevant, I mean, I mean, as far as like when you're talking about the culture, um, people really like making noise over it. I mean, people, you know, bump the album for a minute. I still play it, but when I want to hear Jay Z, Jay Z, I listen to Reasonable Doubt. Yeah. I listen to Hard Not Life. Yeah. I listen to Black Album. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not playing Magna Carta, Holy Grail on a regular oh, basis. I was, I was just about to say though, <laughs> pull that out again. I think it aged pretty well. It's like it's like when it first came out. It's like yeah, we'll see. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but but like he got some shit on there, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got some bangers on there. So I was just about to say, check out Magna Carta, Holy Grail. Yeah, again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he got some joints on there. I mean, I think you know, I think that's kind of the point, right? Where it's just like you know, you we don't see artists have that level of progression, right? So you can look at, like, if I look at somebody like Miles Davis, he had the ability to have a career long enough where he can have, like, different sounds, right? So yeah. you got, like, the bebop sound in the 40s, then you got, like, the kind of blue era in the 50s, mm-hmm. then you got, like, the the funk shit that he does in the 60s when he's inspired by, like, Sly Stone. Right. And then, like, the 80s is just, like, all just shitty. Yeah. You know what I mean? But but I think it's Not cool. his best decade. That, no, but, it's, <laughs> but, but I think it's cool that he had the ability... To, to do that. Like, to be you know able to I mean? experiment. Like, to be experiment with, with the freedom with, to suck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? And we don't give we don't give artists that in, in, in um hip hop. We don't. Um even if you think about, you know, they're they're one of the one of the people that I always think about when we start talking about experimentation and, and being able to step out of kind of out of your box is common. Because mm-hmm. if you think about common, like I used to love her common, like resurrection yeah. common, and one day it all made sense common, and then he dropped electric circus and niggas yeah. just like, man, what the fuck is he doing? I you mean, know? I mean, let's be honest, like <laughs> even before that, if you go to the to the first album that had uh booming in your booming in your G, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like he was like he was a grimy ass forty ounce guzzling, he was. He was. you know, Stony Chicago Island. nigga. Stony yeah, 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 you know yeah, what I'm saying. No like, no like, so to see that type of, I, I guess it's a great example to see that type of progression. He got like, he got like a book that he just put out. Mm-hmm. Yo, the homie is on Sesame Street. He is, bro. That's and, major. That's and on major. top of that, he has an Oscar. He does. Yeah, yeah. But that, but you know what? You know what I was thinking about that too. You know, as it relates to common, and and I think that's more of a that's more of an over. Uh, over an arching uh, issue with black folks is that we don't really like people to kind of get out of that box. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. almost like it's almost like nigga, if you was a if you was an MC uh, spitting about 
you know, whatever, whatever, guns mm-hmm. and, and yeah. violence, then we need you to stay in that box. Like, as you think about it, imagine, imagine this. Now I want you to think about this. Imagine if Jeezy today came out with an album talking about, like, like love and talking about <laughs> <laughs> talking about like you know how much he how much he enjoys being with his I don't even know if he's married but he enjoys being with his wife and talking <laughs> about going to college and like uh. man, he's been like man what you know what I'm saying it's just I don't know what it is about us that we just you know we, we actually don't allow like you was talking about with Miles Davis we don't really allow people the room to grow or to to like you said to suck I mean there's certain exceptions right because if you look at Andre three thousand on uh you know Southern playlistic, mm-hmm. much different to you know up to like a Quemini, you know what I'm saying? But and, I, you know, but I would say this about that's funny that you mentioned that because if you think about it, did we re- did we really let Drake grow? Because remember when you remember when he talked about on um, Return of the G, Return of the G, mm-hmm. he talked about you know is he on drugs? Is he gay? Will y'all go break up? Will y'all yeah. go wake up? You know what I mean? So those were questions that he was hearing from other people because he was starting to expand. But, but you know what? I think here's the rule, right? I mean, think about this, right? You can have an uncle that is the most homophobic uncle ever, but that nigga listen to Prince. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. The nigga, the nigga listen to Luther. Absolutely. You know? And so the rule, I think, is I think that we have this, this underlying respect that if you're dope, we don't really give a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and because Because... What rapper gonna try to call out Andre three thousand if you want to wear a wig? Not one. He go so so then so then you gonna be out rapped mm-hmm. by a nigga with a wig. With a wig <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That can't not work. That cannot work. So, so you can't say shit. Nah, you nah, can't nah, say nah. shit. Nah. So so I so but Andre was very you know observant of it because he made a comment when somebody said like it was like I think this is when equipment I came out. Somebody's interviewing him. That was like. Was this always in you with the shoulder pads and the wigs and all the mm-hmm. dresses and shit? And he said, yeah. He says, but if I would have done this, the first album, we wouldn't have had a second album. Yeah, he's not lying. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's not lying. You know? But, but there's moments in hip-hop where it's kind of like, it's kind of cool to see the progression. Like, yeah, we cool with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, what I don't see a lot of is I don't see um, the embracing of new shit, Right? Where where hip hop by by design when we were growing up in it was yo I want to hear something new I want to hear something fresh like yeah. like all the, the the different sounds that we've had you know somebody had to come in and do some new shit to kind of like blow our brains out Correct. you know what I'm saying yeah I think with the old heads and I think we're officially that now we are I'm I don't I don't OG. see I don't see a lot of the embracing of the young kids and my thing is like I'm not supposed to like a lot of that shit because it's not for it's me it's not for you you, you yeah, know what I mean yeah. like like rewatching the Wu Tang documentary have you watched that shit I haven't seen it yet it's fucking dope it's on Showtime Mike's a Mike's a man right yeah, yeah I'll give you not. my um my Showtime password I, oh that'll be perfect that'll be <laughs> you know perfect yeah, well, I, yeah. I, I was, I've been seeing like the post on Instagram about it but I have not seen it yet and it's I know that crazy. I know that when I watch it I'm not gonna move I'm gonna like, tell you this though I'm gonna tell you this after watching my favorite group ever after watching that I. I'm not going to do the you God slander anymore. Wow. Yeah. It was because, that relevant. It was, yeah, that, it was yo, that powerful you for you. Got, you God's like two-year-old son got shot. I saw him talking about that, that on The Breakfast Club, bro. Dog. I did. I saw yo, that. I didn't know what... I did yo. I did see him talking about it, but I didn't know. I didn't even know that was in a documentary. Yo. Though. So like he started talking about that shit and his son survived, but it was just like a mad... Yo. Yeah. Like him talking about that, I was like, I can't make fun of this nigga no nah, more. You know what I mean? Nah. Like, like to, be, to be honest with you, he seems to be the most down to earth nigga out of the Wu Tang. Really? Yeah. Wow. You know, and and it's, it's it's here's my theory, right? It's like you look at players like like Jordan, one of the greatest the up the greatest player ever, or you look at uh, 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 somebody like Magic, mm-hmm. who's a great player. 
Magic was not a good coach. Nope. Jordan is not really a good owner. Good owner. And and my theory is the great great players are terrible teachers mm-hmm. because they don't have the uh, the ability to talk to a player that's not as good as them mm-hmm. and give them fundamentals. They're basically like, you just take the ball and just make the basket, right, you know. Right, right. So the idea is Okay players make great coaches. Absolutely. Like so Steve Kerr is an okay player, he's a great coach. Doc Rivers Bill is an okay Jackson. player. You, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So I feel I agree like with, that. with the Wu Tang shit, like the person that's not the most glamorous out of the group mm-hmm. might be the best person to have perspective. From everybody, yeah, that's correct. because because he wasn't the most famous. Because like you know what I'm saying, like like Method Man couldn't walk nowhere. You know what that's I'm saying, correct, yeah. like you know, like you know what happened if, if you got went out with Method Man, a bitch would be like, oh my gosh, um, I want to take a picture with Method Man. Hey, you can, take, you, can, can, you, take can you take a picture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. take this. And like camera. who are you? Like bodyguard? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I always said that out of out of the nine that you got to me was always the weakest link in the crew. But now, but now, I mean, about Master Killer. Yeah, Master Killer. I guess Master Killer can be in that number two, but I can't even right off the top of my head. Maybe Master Killer. You're right because you got on that fucking uh, what's it, black shampoo? Oh God! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, so I mean, he got some joints. He got some joints, but but I definitely, I definitely gotta, I gotta check out that documentary. The documentary is great. I tell you this though, if if we're gonna talk about Wu Tang slightly, uh, there was a, a revisiting of of Wu Tang Forever. It was not a good album. If you listen to it in its entirety, it should have been stripped down to one CD. Wait, wait, wait. oh, now now there's, we get it. Yes, Woo, now we get there's, it. Oh, there's wait, there's wait. at least fifty percent okay. okay, of give, that album. Okay, fifty percent. Like, so uh, we talking like half of the album. Yeah. yeah so yeah. so. What sauce could you get rid of? Uh, black shampoo. No, no, that's no. I love black shampoo, bro. No, no, no. I love that song. No, no, no. Like the beat. Oh man, come on, fam. So black shampoo, we get rid of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black shampoo. Black shampoo is gone. You got. 30 songs, 30 plus. No, songs. No, you got uh, the first CD is 11. 11. Second CD is 16. So, so 27, 27, 27 songs. songs. If it was 14 songs, uh, let's see. All right, you got the intro, so I don't count the intro. Uh, reunited, I guess, maybe. Let me, let me go through some Can't of these get, songs. Cannot get rid Can't get rid Cannot get rid of right, For heaven's sake. Can't get maybe. rid of that. All right, maybe. Can't right. get rid of that. That's my shit. Yeah. As high as Wu-Tang gets, eh. That might, maybe it's maybe, maybe. high as Wu Tang gets gone. As high as Wu Tang gets gone? gone, gone, no way, gone, no way, <laughs> gone. No. Let's see what we got. Uh, no, you can't get rid of. It. I can, I can get that. I can throw that away. Wait a minute. Yeah, hold on. You got um, triumph, and I get rid of triumph. Nope. Um, Classic. Can't get rid. You, nothing man. on this one. Nothing. You can't get rid of anything on this. Shout one. out to Takitha. Right. <laughs> Let's see. Drive up. Uh, uh, we can't get rid of that. No way. All right. The city. I fuck with the city. Mm-hmm. I think it was I think it's too long. Projects is my joint too long. Of course. That's my shit. NGN. Mm-hmm. Dog shit. I dog shit don't age well. No you, way. You can listen. I'm gonna tell you something else. Duck season. No. Duck season gone? No. no. Preach. No way. No. Duck season is gone, bro. Yeah, gone. Black shampoo? Black Shampoo's gone. Gone. Listen, listen to that beat. Gone. Listen to that beat. This shit is terrible. Do, 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 do. Nigga, this beat is terrible. <laughs> no. Listen. 
Hold up. Black shampoo is the perfect. It's the perfect. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Nigga, no. Shut the fuck up. No. All right, so Pete, Pete. Black shampoo is black shampoo is like the perfect no. uh nah. alternative to that hardcore Wu Tang shit. You ain't never even heard other than Kame, you ain't never really heard like a song. The song was not good. <laughs> the song was not good. And listen, 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 listen. I have I, I have I have empathy for it because because Rizza was producing a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. You know, here's here's what happened with Rizza, and this is something that I, I think that we gotta be a little sensitive to. Okay. When you got him producing, let, let's say those first five albums, even though I hated the Method Man album. Method Man? Oh, yes, absolutely. You didn't like Takao? No, there's probably two or three songs on there that, that you fuck with. You got Bring mm-hmm. the Pain, Steph vs. Meth. What else? Uh, everything. When I first stepped on the scene. Everything on that album. You didn't like that one? No, that whole album. That first Method Man album, and I would even argue the second one. The only one I fuck with is the D'Angelo record. It's, it's not I a love that listen, one. listen, listen. That Judgment Day, yeah. Was it produced Judgment Day? Was he on? I don't even I don't I, well, remember. Well, I don't remember. Let the me go back to the that. first five albums. So okay. if you look at the first five albums, you look at Method solo record. Yeah. You look at Raekwon's classic. You look at Liquid Swords classic. Mm-hmm. You look at ODB classic. Arguable classic. Mm-hmm. And then you look at um. Maybe Liquid Swords. Am I missing one? You no, know, you said Liquid Swords. Okay. Um, oh, I'm, Ghostface. Uh, Ghostface. Iron Man. Iron, Iron Man. Man. Yeah, yeah. So. The amount of shit that he had to produce in that time period, it was all sample based. That's why it was like a, it was a lot. A lot of it was interwoven too. Like you'd hear the same samples yeah. on, well, every, on different. Well, albums. the thing was, you know, people wasn't gunning for for hip hop producers at the time, so yeah. he had the freedom to sample what he wanted. Yeah. So what ends up happening is after Method goes double platinum and Raekwon go platinum and and Genius go gold and all that type of shit, people were. Double backing and suing everybody. That's true. And so that's where Bobby Digital came from. Yeah. Because Bobby Digital was like, Drizzle was like, yo, man, you know what I'm saying? I'm so sick of motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, he got sick of, of getting hit with all the sample yeah, shit. Yeah, I can understand. So he that. was like, fuck that. I'm going to make beats with keyboards. Yeah. And so you. I was, I'm not a fan of that album. You heard the all. decline, but his production style took mm. a decline right after that. So right after like all of those like monumental albums, like let's say right after Wu Forever, like 97 on, mm-hmm. you know, his approach to producing was very, was very different. Yeah. 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 yeah and, and, and and you could hear it. I remember you know? I remember one of my friends telling me that it was they, of course you know they like to call the Rizzo the Abbott. They say it's because the Abbott <laughs> went Hollywood. That's why that's what happened. He went Hollywood. But I don't know if it was him going to Hollywood as much as it was him. Just saying, I got to do something different because they digging in my pockets. But let me back up to what you were saying about meth, though. Mm. So with meth be the star that meth is? Well, let me let me let me rephrase it. Let me say it like this: Is meth the star that he is because of his his Wu Tang his 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 um the verses that he spit on the Wu Tang album was, or did he become a star because of that Takao album and that just kind of catapulted him? I, I to just the I just think his personality was just. You know, out of this world, and 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 let's be honest. You know, you know, he was kind of the most marketable out of the crew. Oh, he definitely was. Yeah, the most marketable. I mean, I mean, even though even though uh, uh, Cuban Links is my favorite album, favorite album of all time, you know, he was a short, pudgy dude. That that you know had fucked up grill. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know right, what I mean? Right, like right, right. I, in my all my years, as much as I love Ray, you don't hear girls going like, "Oh, I want to fuck Ray Kwan. This is cool. You know, 
Now yeah, he they was might probably the sex symbol in the group. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, now girls would be like, I want to fuck Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, right. the like they want to, yeah, yeah, they want to fuck the logo. Yeah, yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, as long as you got the W yeah. on, come yeah. on, Capadonna. Yeah. 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 Everybody's getting it. Or, or oh. Papa Wu, everybody, everybody's getting it. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> and Papa will be like narrating, "Yo, peace, God, yeah, yeah." She go down on the God, but for sure, for sure, he talking to him the whole time. Side note: What I didn't. Realize Rizzo was writing ODB's lyrics. That's not surprising to me. Like, so when they were showing footage of the documentary, it was pretty fucking funny. Where it was just like, uh, it was heartbreaking to watch when ODB got out of prison and Dame Dash had Dirty, and you saw like Rizzo in the studio with ODB, and like you, you Rizzo was like, "All right, I want you to say, you know what I'm saying? Lay a cake, so to stay, make a men strike, or some shit like that, right?" <laughs> and ODB was just like. I don't know what that means. Only <laughs> <laughs> like, was like, like, I don't know, I don't know what that. the fuck right, you're talking right, about, right. you know. But e- even if he did, even if he, I didn't know that, so I don't really have a, I don't really have a whole lot to say about about that because I didn't watch the documentary. But even if he did say that, I mean, even if he did write the lyrics for him, nobody could say it like ODB. Well, fair like, enough. Like when you yeah. think about when you think about like why ODB even became a star, bro. Mm-hmm. There's no way he could have been a, he, he could have been a star, just right, just being an ordinary dude like like they, like they said on the first on the first Wu Tang joint ain't no father to his style that's why yeah. they call him old dirty bastard like there's nobody and and that that goes back to a point that you were making earlier what I what I love about hip hop and the reason why I became such a fan of hip hop early on growing up is because. There was so much originality, bro, and mm-hmm. and everybody that came out sounded different from it. Like yeah. Rakim did not sound like anybody you've ever heard in your life. Nas yeah. did not sound like anybody you've ever heard in your life. Yeah, Biggie did not sound like anybody you've ever heard. The hieroglyphics, they that whole crew, they did their own thing. They had the you know different cadences and every. Like I was a big fan, still am, but big fan of Casual. Like yeah. Casual does not sound like Fear any itself, other. Yeah. Come on, man! Yeah, like no no crazy. other rapper that you've ever heard. So. Now it seems like the 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 formula is make a Migos record or make a you know what I mean make a whoever is hot at the moment make a record that sounds like them. Well, you know, I think I think that happens in every industry. Like what, what, the artist that we were talking about, it was in our community. It was ours. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, right, so right. so so you had early hip hop niggas even in the early '90s. They're making music to impress other hip hop niggas. Yeah, that's true. You, you that's know what true. I'm saying? It's for them. So, yeah. So like, so I'm gonna try to sound as you had to come hard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want to do some fly shit to impress you. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But as soon as it becomes a profitable thing, you know, you know, labels they're basically like, all right, well, what worked? Like, I mean, all the like all the TV shows back in the '90s after like Friends worked. All of a sudden, all the TV shows like we gotta have white people living in an apartment together. You know, it's like the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying. It's, like, it's gonna be a hit. Yeah, it's everything, everything happened um, based on oh, what's a successful thing? Let's copy it. Yeah. I mean, because even to a certain period of time, record labels were trying to do the righteous hip hop for a bit. Mm-hmm. So you had major labels putting out poor righteous teachers. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying. Like, like oh, Arrested Development. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, you're right. So, I didn't think about you know, that. It's and true. so it wasn't like labels became. Pro black, mm-hmm. the label's just like, all right, well, somebody made money off this mm-hmm. shit. Let's try this. Yeah. And so the business aspect of it is the thing that kind of came in and kind of changed a lot of shit. You know what I mean? That's true. But like, so that's why now everybody sounds the same because somebody wants to sound like what, what, what worked. Yeah, you know what I mean? Whatever's making money at Absolutely. the time. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so, I get that. You know, I get that. And so, so it's like, you know, Wu Tang 
was everything about Wu Tang was an anomaly. Like it from correct. from from the sampling type of shit they used, from the name of it being on some Yo. Chinese kung fu shit, Yo. from the fact that they were from Staten Island. Staten you know what I'm Island. saying? That that nobody <laughs> nobody was yeah. out there. You but know you, what I mean? you know you know what I love about Wu Tang, though, bro. And I tell anybody this. I talk about this all the time when I talk about them. Like I said, that Wu Tang is my favorite group ever, mm. ever. I mean. And I say ever, and I, I mean favorite group as in like any genre. You give me any man. other genre, I don't. The impact that they had, but what I loved about Wu Man <clears throat> is that what Wu Tang did, and this is what makes you know a lot of people don't know. I am a former English teacher, mm-hmm. so I used to talk. You know, I used to talk to my students all the time, and I would tell them, like, you know why William Shakespeare died? I don't know. Ask me why I know this, but he died in eight. In something sixteen twenty three, mm. right? So Wikipedia check that right. shit. <laughs> yeah. He died, I believe it was April. The, you could, you can check it out. I think it was April the twenty third, mm-hmm. April the twenty third, eighteen uh, sixteen twenty three. If I'm not if I'm if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. we are talking about damn near four hundred years old. We st- every high school in America right now is still studying William Shakespeare, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason why we do or they do is because of the relevancy of his work. His work was, it, it, there's nobody, I, I don't know if there's nobody, but there are very few contemporaries who were able to produce the type of work that he produced in the time period in which he produced. So what I, what I like to tell people about Wu-Tang is that what they did for that, sh- and you think about it, their they're run, in, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, their run really wasn't that long, bro. Mm-hmm. Like you think about it, like when did, when did uh, 36 Chambers come out? That was like 93? 93. So 93, so you really think about it, like Wu-Tang's run, run, like their real strong run was over, like Wu-Tang Forever. Like there wasn't, mm. nobody wasn't really going crazy over albums after Wu-Tang Forever yeah. from them. So we're talking about five, maybe six years strong run where they just had the industry on lock. That would never be duplicated, bro. Well, I think the other not, thing- Not to the group, not to the extent of everybody coming out of the group just dropping joints, well, going platinum. The other thing about that I don't think people understand that RZA did that I thought was revolutionary, and this is, and shout out to old buddy that owns Loud Records. That had the vision for this mm-hmm. is that RZA was able to get not only the group signed to Wu Tang, but get everybody else a solo, solo deal. deal. Right? Yo, the the mindset behind yeah. that, bro. Yeah, yeah. That, it's, that's it's, it, major. Was, it was incredible. That's so, major. so I think I think from that perspective, I think that RZA's genius outside of the production and stuff like that mm-hmm. is his. You know, he was busy, business savvy as fuck. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, so I think there's, I think there's a level of genius of that that I think that like we, you know, we need to talk more about. I mean, you know, like that was on some masterpiece shit. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, more was, than yeah, more than masterpiece music. I think the business, business acumen. acumen oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You ever hear him talk about um, how he got his distribution deal with like Priority Records? Mm-mm. So he said. I don't know who he saw. It might have been Jay Prince or somebody from Rap a Lot. And he was like, one of these motherfuckers came in somewhere because P was like playing basketball somewhere. And he was in college balling. And he saw some one of them niggas from um from Rap a Lot wearing like a fur. And he was like, Hot, what do what, you do? What y'all doing? Yeah, and he yeah. was like, Yo, I'll rap or I'll run a label or some shit like that. So P was like, Man, fuck this. I'm gonna get into some music. So he said he went to the library, found out who was the artist that made the most money. It was Michael Jackson. And so he researched and found Michael Jackson's lawyer. Wow. And called Michael Jackson's lawyer. Wow. Listen, and Michael Jackson's lawyer said to him, yo, 
I'm not going to even talk to you unless you give me, like, you know, I ain't going to have a conversation unless it's like a $100,000 retainer or some shit like that. 50000 whatever. And he's okay, get off the phone with this dude. P, do what he do. Right, of course. <laughs> you know, move, yeah, move, move them birds. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And come back to Michael Jordan, not Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson's lawyer, and was just like, yo, all right, here's the money. And the guy told him, don't get a record deal, get a distribution deal. Because wow. if you if you can press up 10,000 copies of your record or whatever, you get this percentage, whatever. And so just based on his intuition to just go after the top top of the food chain with mm-hmm. whoever's associated with Michael Jackson, the advice he got from that mm-hmm. shit, that's how he created No Limit. It was wow. just like, oh, it's not your traditional... I didn't you know, know that. Rec- yeah. Wow. And so he, it was like an old Breakfast Club interview. But it's like, how he did that shit was revolutionary. And so like, the labels didn't know what to do. Correct. And so he, he did his homework. And, and so that, that that no limit run too was major, bro. Come on, man. Like it's that that's probably not gonna be duplicated either when you think about it. And no, no disrespect, no disrespect, because I know Master P will pull up on you now. Mm-hmm. So if, if this if this podcast should happen to slip into the into the hands of somebody <laughs> in the no limit camp, no disrespect to Master P to no limit. I'm I admire and 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 pay this homage. This is live talking. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> <laughs> like, the views that you hear, right, right exactly. <laughs> I'm not a preach niggas. <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you something, bro. Like, you really didn't have but maybe like two artists on no limit that really could spit. That was me and X and Mystical. I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan of C Murder. I wasn't a fan of Fiend. I wasn't a fan of Silk. Uh, I wasn't a fan of um, Mercedes. Like, 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 did the Mercedes album ever come out? I don't out? ever remember. All we ever remember was the cover. Yeah, bro. That's like, cover. <laughs> I, I don't know if it ever came out. Yeah, the yeah. thing was, and 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 this is like my high school years. Like, I wasn't a big fan of a lot of stuff. Yeah. But but you know what he did for me? Because when I was younger, and I'm talking about like elementary school, middle school, nigga, I used to like lie about where I was from. You know what I'm saying? Because there was no there was no southern pride that I would have. So I'd be like, oh. You know, motherfuckers thought I talk quote unquote white anyway. But oh, my family's from New York. Yeah, yeah. You know right, what I mean? Right, 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 right. You know, but there was a level of, I think Cass did it more than No Limit. Mm-hmm. But like, there was a level of like, yo, man, motherfuckers from the South, like, we they got go. something to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's like, so there's a level of of that appreciation that came to me a lot. Yo, later. I'm gonna tell you something, bro. I think about this all the time. I really think if I ever can get rid of some of these bills, which, you know, I got kids, so that probably ain't going to happen no time soon. Sell crap. You know what I mean? But <laughs> if I could get into filmmaking, bro, like, I I, I like I have, like, this dream, this dream uh, documentary that I would love to put together. And the first the first thing that, would, that I would start it with is Dre saying, but now the South got something to say. Absolutely, yeah. Because that, that speech, bro, like, that... That literally changed the culture of rap because you think about who is running rap right now. Mm-hmm. Like you can't even tell me a New York artist, not even necessarily New York. I mean, hell, like East Coast, New York, Philly, mm-hmm. DC, mm-hmm. Maryland, Virginia, any, anywhere, anybody that's making heat right now in mm-hmm. the industry. You know what I'm saying? Everything is coming out of the South. Yeah, and so like that was so monumental because, like you said, like it wasn't cool to be from the South. And, and we're talking about now. I, you know, I'm a transplant. I was born in New York City, Jamaica Queen. Shout out Hollis. This nigga. Hollis Half. <laughs> what up? What up to my family? This <laughs> motherfucker. But but uh I was born, I was born in Queens, but I was raised in South Carolina. I always tell people this. And so it's no, it's no surprise to me when um I have that, I've always had like that connection to those those New York artists. It's mm-hmm. always, it's always been, you know. 
And and then to my brother, of course, you know, we moved down to South Carolina when I was four. My brother's seven years older than me, so he was 11. He was probably, you know, he was like my first main influence when it came to rap. He's the one who put me up on Eric B and Rakim, mm-hmm. on Run DMC, mm-hmm. on KRS-One. Like, I'm listening to his, 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 not records, his cassettes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's the one who put me up on that, but... Um, it wasn't cool to be from the South. So when people would ask me the same thing, like they say, you, where you from? I was like, oh, New York. I was born in New York. Like, yeah. like, they're like, well, how long you Fresh been here? Fresh out the hospital. Right, right. They're like, how long you been here? Oh, shit, 23 years? <laughs> like, <laughs> you still got an accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you're right. You're right. It's it's a matter of, of uh, like, the South really being put on. Like, he did that, bro. You're, yeah. That's 100%. I right. mean, there's this, this representation matters. And I think Absolutely. that and I think that hip-hop allowed... People from anywhere in the country to be able to say, I can tell you about what's going on from where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And I think there's an absolute value to that. I mean, because there's a lot of shit from hip hop culture where if you got people that live, you know, in, in the projects, they don't have room to have a garage band or the Correct. money. You know what I'm saying? Correct. So so hip hop really was a, a platform that gave people that are least likely to have a voice to have a voice. Has you know? the, has the I'm going to pose a question to you now that, now that you mentioned that. I was just thinking about this the other day. So has has the, uh, with the event of, of you know, home studios, you got your, you, like you talking about garage band, mm-hmm. where you can record at home. The, has the music industry, because it's a lot easier to make music and put it out for mass consumption, mm-hmm. has that, has that lessened the quality of the music, you think? I mean, I think that with, with every advancement that you get, you're going to have drawbacks too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so my thing is, here's, here's my thing, right? And this is the way I look at it. It's that, you know, we can't fight the wave and I don't think it's smart to because it's like, you know, there, there were DJs. I'm never going to be one of those hip-hop dudes shaking my arms at young people doing shit because I remember there was, a, there was a time where niggas was like, yo, I'm not fucking with Serato. I'm only bringing vinyl and this I and this and that. I you know what I mean? That too. I remember you know, that. and like a lot of my DJs that uh, DJs I look up to that I love, they were just anti Serato, yes, anti digital shit. You get niggas that be beefing that motherfuckers got controllers. They look all that at type you, of look shit. at you with yeah. the uglies, the stank yeah. face when yeah. you come through with a controller. Absolutely, I, get, I, get, I used to get that all the time yeah. until I started seeing those same DJs showing up with controllers. Yeah. I'm like, hey, but the re- <laughs> but the reality is this is this, and this is why I think it's so dumb. Nowhere else in our lives do we fight that change, right? Because you have a nigga saying, oh, I don't deal with controllers, I don't deal with vinyl, but you got an iPhone. Correct. Nobody's going to be like, nobody's going to be like, well, the, the real phone calls with rotary phones. You those, know? Were, those were the best. <laughs> yeah. The quality of those were better. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that's no, that, is, that is so true, and there's, that's, nowhere, that's nowhere as near as evident. Well, that's not, it's not evident any more than, than the example that I always give people. So I'm old enough to remember my grandmother... Um, who was in her 70s when I was born. Mm-hmm. So I'm old enough to remember stories about, not even stories, I saw it with my own two eyes, my grandmother taking clothes and putting them in a, a tub, like the one that Ray Charles' brother died in, mm-hmm. in Ray Jesus. <laughs> right? So taking a tub and washing washing clothes in those, taking like a plunger, putting soap in the water and beating the clothes. Like, Yo, nigga, who's washing Yo. clothes like that? Yo, listen, so listen. I'm saying, like, if it's easier, like, so we we gotta we gotta stop with that whole like well, when when like when a technological advance comes along, we like, oh well, I ain't I ain't messing with that. I'm I'm stick to the old school because if it's better, nigga, ain't nothing better than having your your 
a million records in your hand on an external hard drive yeah. as opposed to having to carry up 20. I've had, shout out to my man Dwayne Fisher, DJ Prince Ice. I've yeah, had right. to carry some crates yeah. of records before. Ice. So I understand the concept of having to carry records. Ain't shit cool about that. Well, nah. the, thing, the thing about it is this too, and this is, and this is the reality of it. It has nothing to do with the technology. It has nothing to do with any of that stuff. The reality of it is this, is that the older generations that we are part of are frustrated that the younger generation can get things done easier than we have. Correct. And there's a level of, of there's a level of resentment that's yeah, associated with that. It because is. because I remember when I first started recording in the studio, you know what I'm saying? Like we we were recording on dats. You know what I'm saying? I when we dats. would do listen, we would do performances. I remember that. We, we would do performances. We didn't want to put them on CDs because it was skip. Yep. We had to record our shit. On mini disc players, yes, I remember like so, that too. so there was a there's a level the of a learning disc. curve. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a learning curve that we had to learn mm-hmm. from this. And it's like a lot of these kids, they can just pop up and do this stuff now. And so I'm not going to get mad that it's easier for them. It's like think about it like this. I heard somebody say this today. It's like you ever see a guy with his son, and the son is always like more than likely bigger than their dad. Mm-hmm. And he says because every generation. My kids are going to eat better than I ate. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. They have be- they have access to better nutrition. Absolutely, they have access to better medicine. Yeah. So so over time, that's what's going to end they up happening. Be you you right. feel what I'm saying? Right. So I can't get mad at that. You know. So so my thing is, I don't think that that people having the easier is going to fuck up everything. Mm-hmm. I think that I think anything that brings people closer together. And and have the ability for people to to connect and create. I always think that's positive. Now, does that does that mean that there's not shit that's out there? I get it. There's always, but there's always shit out there. We, and it we always we, has had, been. we had like we had like every rap record that came out of '91 is a classic. Remember, no. remember, young black teenagers, of a bunch course, of white boys. Of course I do. <laughs> of course I do. And it's not only that, like Rico Suave. You know what I'm saying Vanilla Ice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel me? Like, so it was, I, and and that's the thing though. I think that we we get caught up in nostalgia sometimes, and we forget. You, mm-hmm. you know, you forget uh, just how bad some of those artists were because because of how good you know the other artists were. So you forget sometimes about that. But I just think that um, we got to stop turning up our nose at at younger people for doing. You know, my thing my thing with that is you know for younger people doing things in the in the in in the culture and for the culture. But my only thing with that is hip hop culture to me is like. A family member. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So I'm not like, don't tell me that I'm a hater because I'm looking at you smacking my family member around. Yeah. Like, I'm not a hater. I'm just saying, if you're going to be with her or him, <laughs> right. which, either or, if you're going to be with my family member, my cousin, brother, sister, whoever, you're going to fucking treat him right. If you're not going to treat her right, then leave him the fuck alone. Because then I, now I got to, you know what I'm saying? Now I got to step in and be like, what, well, is you, what, what are you doing? Well, how do you feel about like the little Nas X stuff? I'm not mad at Lil Nas X. I think I don't. I don't think that. I don't really like the idea of them really calling that a country record. I I thought at first when I heard it, I thought when I heard it, I was like, "What I heard." Actually, I saw the controversy before I heard the record. I said I heard the record, and oh, you haven't heard the record. Mm-hmm. Well, it's to me, it's not really a country record. I mean, it's he's singing like a he's singing in a country voice, but that doesn't make it a country record to me. But I'm not a I'm not a country music connoisseur, so perhaps I don't I don't really have a dog in that fight. Mm-hmm. But to me, it doesn't sound like a country record, so I think that that might that might be a little 
uh, us jumping the gun about, well, oh, they just keeping them off the charts because it's a black guy. Shit, Darius Rucker, Darius Rucker had hits in country <laughs> music. Like, I don't think it's a matter but, of But, you, but you, you, you know the difference is, I feel like um, somebody like Darius Rucker, another guy from Columbia. Mm-hmm. Shout out Hootie and the Blowfish. I don't think it was a problem for Darius because he assimilated to the country culture. Yes, he you, did. You, you easily, feel what I'm saying? Easily. So, like, that nigga was on a Burger King commercial with a goddamn was, <laughs> cowboy hat on. Yeah. So, so I don't Ten think. Gallon. So I don't. So I don't think it was the the, the country community saying, "Oh, we don't like niggers," which they probably yeah, don't. Yeah. But like Darius Rucker, and he embraced that southern shit. He, he embraced did. the traditional country shit. Because remember, remember now. When he left Hootie, or when Hootie was like took a break, mm-hmm. he tried to do a soul album first. I've never heard that. Nigga, album. he was on Hidden Beach, the same record label that had Jill Scott. He had an album I of all had a song called Wild One when he was trying to do R and B shit. Yep. Wow. I'm trying to nigga. Go, now I gotta I'm, try, go I'm trying to tell you. Now I gotta go I'm trying it. to tell you. Like there has to be some copies of this album pressed up somewhere. somewhere. I gotta go find it. Somewhere. <laughs> Side note, and I, I talked to my mom, I literally talked to my mom about this today. Crack rear view, the um the Hootie and Blowfish album yeah. is one of the top selling albums of all time. It like, is. I think it's, it's like so like forty yeah. million. Yeah, albums it's fucking insane. Yeah, that's ridiculous, yeah. bro. Like, but, to think about that. But 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 wow. But I have it. Yeah, right? <laughs> Maybe I do. I'm one of them forty million. <laughs> but like, but somebody like Darius Rucker, he really embraced that culture, that community. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, I think maybe too that that's probably the issue then, because the issue with Lil Nas X is that he's still. I mean. Wearing a ten gallon hat doesn't make you country. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So he still really is hip hop. He raps. So I don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't understand what the what the how, how do we how do we determine what's country and what's not country? Because just because you slap Billy Ray Cyrus on the album, that doesn't make the song country. Because remember now, Nelly had a song with Toby Keith. They didn't say that song was country. Well, they, didn't put that on, they didn't put that on the country charts. That was a pop song. Well, so how do you determine like? And I think a lot of that too become. You know, I think that. You, it's funny that you said it about them saying like, "Well, we just don't like niggas." Because I think a lot of that comes down. I think a lot of it comes down to elitism, because the elite will say, "This is not a pop album. This is a country album. Or this is not a country song. This is a pop song." You know, they'll make a determination where music is music. Yeah. You know, I I put that song on when I when I when I spend at different events. I put that song. on, I've seen people go nuts over that shit. I mean, I I'm, I'm always... talking about bonkers. Like you play, you know. Uh, I don't know, it's so many party joints, but just like they literally go crazy over that well, song. I, I think what happens with the country community, and this is from the outside looking at because I don't fuck with country music like that, but 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 here's what you see. You always see the opposite end of it, right? Where country artists have the ability, like you know, Taylor Swift starts as a country artist and she right. has she has the freedom to try to go do a song with Kendrick Lamar. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So they have they have the freedom to reach out to the black community Absolutely. and be fine. But when it's reversed, when the black community is trying to reach out to them, nah. it's not embraced. Not and, and, my thing, and my thing about this too is like, man, who gives a fuck, man? The fuck you want to be at the CMT Awards for anyway? Why does you know what I mean? Well, I think a lot of that too comes down to uh, them, you know, us breaking down barriers because you have so many barriers outside of music itself. And I just think like the whole issue behind that Old Town Road song is really a microcosm of what we deal with in society. It's like there's a there's an elite class of folks who say we are this. So if it's white, if they're white, they say we are white. Or if they're rich, they say we are rich and mm-hmm. we don't want poor people here. Yeah, yeah. If we're white, we're saying we don't want black people here. We don't, you know what I'm saying? So there's a there's a there's an overlying issue there of them saying, This is our music. Don't come in here. Yeah. And 
And rightfully, because now I had to, I'm, I started to have this argument the other day about we probably didn't even got time because this would literally take us a whole another hour to talk about this. But there are people there. Are, there's a contingency of folks who say the same thing about Eminem as it relates to hip hop. Like mm-hmm. he shouldn't be here. He's not one of us. He's not a part of our culture. I'm like, man, get the fuck out of here. Like if you if you are a if you are a hip hop fan and you say that Eminem is not nice. I'm not. I, there's nothing even for me to discuss with you. Yeah. Like I, I'm the, not even trying to the have only, the argument. The with only you. thing that's happened with Eminem is that I don't. I don't question Eminem's hip hop uh, acumen or culture, or whatever. The only thing that's happened with Eminem that I think he's realizing now is that a lot of his stuff didn't age very well. It didn't. You know what I'm saying? And and so like so now seems to be the cool thing for niggas to throw rocks at Eminem. That's correct. You know what I'm that's saying? Correct. And so. And so I don't think it's an some answer. of his stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Stan will forever be an but, amazing song. But, but Let's think Stan, about that, but bro. Think about, but the Stan is a pop record. It's like it, well, as much as much as but listen, that goes back to what I was just but, saying. But, like, how do we determine? All right, when, all right. When, you as a DJ, yeah. You when I as play a that DJ, in the club. When's the last time you played Stan? Now, nah, when is the last time I, I've never played the Eminem record in the club? Exactly my point. Ever. So exactly. You feel, you feel what I'm saying? I got you. So, so there's a, so there's a level. So, so that's what I'm saying about it. It's that I think people are having different conversations. Just like to to act like Eminem wasn't important to hip hop is silly. To act like Eminem absolutely doesn't have great contributions and is still dope is silly. The question is. Does the bulk of his stuff age well? Mm-hmm. And I don't think it did. I think I think a lot of a lot of the new current of stuff kind of ran away from mm-hmm. him. But but the only reason that happened was exactly what we were talking about mm-hmm. before. Was that it makes sense because he was that big. He was. And so when you're the biggest person, in order to create change. You got to change from what the biggest thing is. Yeah. So there was a revolt from that. You know what killed Hammer? What's that? Dr. Dre. Wow. So 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 like when you look at when That's you look at how big Hammer was, he was huge. The 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 the, the antithesis or whatever the antithesis of Hammer. Yeah. Was the gangster rap. Yeah. The, the chronic. chronic. Mm-hmm. You you feel what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so and so it wasn't like. So, so it, I can look back at Hammer and be like, "Yo, the contributions he made to hip hop were great," but but it didn't like it aged well. It didn't. You, you know what I'm saying? Well, well, I'm gonna say a couple things. I'm gonna say about that. So the first thing about like, yes, it's true. I've never played the Eminem record in the club, <laughs> but I will also say this: there are a lot of hip hop dudes whose records just won't work in the club. Granted, for instance, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. give you a prime example of that. Mm. I I would I would dare you to go find me five MCs that can outrap CeeLo Green. Mm-hmm. Go five, go find me five that can outrap CeeLo Green. See, people think when they see this little chubby fucker old boy, it's like <laughs> they that's not that's not the CeeLo Green that we grew up yeah. with. The CeeLo Green that we grew up with was, you know, uh um Cell therapy, yeah, CeeLo yeah, Green. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fucking uh good, goodie bag, yeah, goodie yep. bag CeeLo Green. So yep. my point is that to that is I've never played a CeeLo Green record in the club. You can't, I mean, maybe, you know, I, I've done a couple of joints where I might be able to throw on Fuck You or I no. might be able to throw on Crazy. You know what I'm saying? Just depending on where I'm at. Man, but that no, hip-hop records. Nigga, you got to throw on Closet Freak or... Yeah, closet Freak? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's or, another or, good one. That's or, another or, good oh, what's one. my shit, man? The Man, yo, the shit on CeeLo Green is a soul machine 
that was like the majority of that album was Timbaland and 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 Pharrell. Yeah, which yeah. Was, we still got to do that idea of of like we should have like a party of nothing but like Pharrell, Neptunes, Ooh, and fucking and Timbaland, beats and and Timbaland. You, you know what I'm saying? Or, or just, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Bro, like like those, that, that should be crazy. We got to do that. But CeeLo got some records, but I definitely feel what you're saying. Yeah, so that's you know, and and that's the thing too is that. I had to grow up from the age of me, you know, being so backpackerish that yeah. I didn't want to hear, you know, uh, 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 strip club music. But it's like the reality of it is, I don't want to hear the roots of the strip club. You do not. You You're know? not going to hear the yeah, roots yeah, yeah. because it's too conscious. Like, yeah, you, know you don't want to hear black thought even, like yeah. even what? strippers that got dreadlocks ain't dancing to. <laughs> no bitches ain't dancing to nah, what they do. Nah, you know nah. <laughs> it's like a respire react. <laughs> I want to walk out the panic. <laughs> 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 and nobody, nobody slides down Yo. no pole to I shall proceed. <laughs> just like, my mellow, my man. When I come out, listen, I'm dancing to, I'm dancing to you. Got me, okay? Like, this shit don't happen. It's, it's not like, gonna happen. Which that's is, sounds, that sounds like a great day, Chappelle. Absolutely. By the way, like, <laughs> the conscious strip <trickle. laughs> We might be on to something. Oh that, shit! Yeah, like that's oh, not gonna happen. That ain't happening. So, got yeah. nothing but like uh, uh, smoothies and. <laughs> Motherfuckers sitting there sitting in Indian style and shit. Motherfuckers ain't even sitting there on the, on the bar. They just like sitting in Indian style fucking burning sage Yo, and shit. Up? Why does the strip club smell like Nog Choppers? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Motherfucking Comet is in there. Fucking, fucking Yassine made that bitch with a kilt on and shit. Yo. Yeah, all of that. But yeah, I, I feel you. Like it's just, a, yeah. it's just a matter of preference too. You know, like yeah. who are you going to play who like who are you playing to? What crowd? Yeah. What crowd is it that you're playing to? And, and plus, I think I think things have a twenty year swing too. I think I think it's the cool time for it not to be cool. But I think a few years from now, you know, the Eminem shit will come back up. I think mm-hmm. I think the Marshall Mathis LP is a classic. I don't pull it out though. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But I but I think but I think that I do I do. And I'm only gonna say I'm only, only reason why I do pull it out is because I enjoy lyrics. See that? See. I'm I'm a different kind of dude. When when it comes to hip hop, you know, I have to remove myself sometime out of the mind frame of being a DJ. Because when you're a DJ, you think about what's what's gonna pop in the party, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there are times when you know, and I tell people all the time. I tell this to people all of the time. I am very duplicitous. Like I literally will listen to some trash, <laughs> and then I'll turn around and listen to Rakim. You know what I mean? Just to see the difference between the two. Yeah. But but. Lyrically, like you know, the, like some people, the knock on Eminem is, when I'm not with all that, uh, you know, um, you can't get with me spitting that shit, wiggity yeah, liggity. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. They 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 say, oh wait, he ain't talking about nothing. But but if we're talking about rap, bro, rap itself, that just that part of the culture was about being able to put words together, your cadences. What were you, you know, what were you saying? How you were saying it? Mm-hmm. Who you were saying it to? And you cannot deny that some of the stuff that you know, um, like uh, Slim Shady, Brain Dead, like Jim Brady. I'm an M80. Yeah. You little like yeah. that Kim lady. You like you can't, you can't deny that he was able to do that on some of, on some of his earlier work. Now, did it yeah. age well? You, maybe well, not you so. I don't. And the reason why it didn't age well is this. And he's kind of a a victim of his own brilliance in a sense, where it's like working at the record store. The shit that I see the most in the dollar bins are the shit that sold like 20, 30 million copies. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like talking about like that, that Hootie and Blowfish shit, we got like $2, $3 copies of that CD. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's not that it didn't age well, it's just that 
you know, when we talk about the marketing machine of major label shit, as soon as something is successful, they're going to fucking ram it down your throat. They will. You know what I'm they saying? Will. So, like, everybody has heard it. Everybody has it. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you go from the level of trying to get put on to, oh, I'm put on, to, oh, I'm a superstar, yeah. to now I'm a caricature. Absolutely. And I think that's what happened to Eminem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because Snoop went through a little bit of that stuff, mm-hmm. where Snoop went from trying to get put on to, oh, I'm put on, biggest rapper in the world. Now... In certain levels, he's kind of a, he was kind of a caricature. He was selling like Snoop Dogg hot dogs and shit yeah. like that. But he's leveled down, and like he can consistently do dope shit. But but everybody goes through those moments. So I got this thing about Snoop, bro. Mm. This is a whole nother podcast Jesus for another Christ. time. Jesus Christ! We're going to have to revisit this. I think. Again, this is another. This is another opportunity for a disclaimer. These these, these the views that you're about yeah, to hear. Yeah, this, 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 this nigga, this ain't preached. <laughs> so Snoop, <laughs> I think that Snoop is probably the biggest superstar in hip hop that is that has the least amount of skill. We mm. love Snoop because of Snoop's voice. Mm. If Snoop sounded like me, I don't really have like I like I don't have a great rapping voice, but I have great wordplay, great content. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But if his voice sounded like mine when he rapped, mm-hmm. there's no way he'd be a star. You ever you ever listen to that Think About It record on um, Blue Carpet Treatment? No. All right, we get off here. Because he tells a story about this, about that particular song. He had his sons in the car, and he was asking his sons, like, who's your favorite rapper? Mm-hmm. And one of his sons is like, Dad, you my favorite rapper. He's like, I appreciate it, son. And he was like, ask his other son, who's your favorite rapper? And his son said, Cassidy. And he got like, oh, is it Cassidy? Is it, that's not, the, that's not uh, uh, Puffy's ex-girlfriend. Was, is that Cassidy the dude, the rapper, the battle rapper dude? Yeah, yeah, Okay, Cassidy, that's him. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, shout out to Cassidy. Cassidy, Cassidy yeah, yeah, Cassidy, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he did this record to kind of be like, yo, son, I can rap too type of shit. Mm. But it's like, I know Snoop got mad, but really, son, you ain't going to say I'm your favorite rapper. Must be nice to be in this house that Snoop's upside your head. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he was able to, he was able to parlay that into a great career. I, I nigga, think, making, yeah. nigga making meals and shit with Martha Stewart now. So he is, he is, I, I'm, and there's no knock on him. I love Snoop. I, I mean, I, you know, Doggy Style is still one of my favorite albums. Mm-hmm. But now, name, this is my thing. This is why I say that about him. Name another dope album after Doggy Style from Snoop. That's um, what I'm, I, I'm telling you, Blue Carpet Treatment is pretty okay, fucking well, amazing. Okay, I'm trying, so no, Blue, yo, Blue Carpet Treatment. Okay, okay, yeah, right. that shit hard. No, no, no. His lap is the. Did you hear? I, I can't even front on this. Did you hear the gospel joint that he did? Like, you know what? Like, I think that was last I year. Maybe? I haven't heard it. I, that I, album is not bad either. I can't front on that. One. Yeah, I like, man. I like it just because Snoop it's different. And the Clark sisters are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Snoop and, and Donnie McClurkin or something like. But yeah, you know yeah. what? He's he's an anomaly because he's able to do the shit that he wants to do and kind of maintain himself. So mm-hmm. he's like, you know, I, I want to do some reggae. Mm-hmm. And he do a reggae album, you know. That Snoop Lion album, yeah. yeah, that wasn't bad either. That wasn't yeah. Bad so either. so he has somehow he has the freedom to go and do these things. Mm-hmm. All right, I think we got to get off in a second since so the game about to start. Yes, Is sir. there anything else we need to bring up before I have to get the fuck out of here? Man, I just enjoy being able to talk real shit with real with a real dude, man. That's so I, I appreciate you having me on. 
I'm hoping it's not going to be our last, <laughs> it ain't gonna our be last, last podcast. Uh, <laughs> nah, it ain't going to be the last. We got some stuff we need to revisit and all that, but I uh, oh, yeah, appreciate we, you having me on, Yeah, this new podcast, man. Uh, so what's your uh, your 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 social media handles so all my two listeners can follow you? All right, so I am on Instagram and Twitter, at DJ Live Out Loud, D-J-L-I-V-O-U-T-L-O-U-D. You can find me on Facebook under my government name. Um, I'll let you figure out what that one is. <laughs> you find me, uh, but I, I'm in I'm in the city, man. You catch me here and there. Actually, we got a we got a, a huge show coming up, a Jay Z tribute show coming up on June fifteenth. Bang. So if this is out before then, make It'll sure be out tomorrow, nigga. Shout oh, out to Sheen word one. up, yeah, word shout up. Out to shout out to my man Sheen One, the band. Um, we're gonna we're gonna put on a pretty dope show for that. So come through. It's at the weekend. Uh, it was out, out there on Two Nights Road, but follow me on Instagram, Twitter. Um, keep in touch with your boy, DJ Liv. Word. And I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. You can follow me on all my social media at Preach Jacobs or Mo Better Soul. Once again, this is an Ego Lee podcast. I go by the name Preach Jacobs on your motherfucking host, motherfucker. Cause you know what it is. That's why yeah. you're listening to this. Yeah. Hey, mom. Um, <laughs> go to MoBetterSoul.BigCartel.com. Enter in code Negro. Buy some say shit. 10%. Please buy some shit, nigga. Please <laughs> buy, buy some, some shit. Please buy some shit. <laughs> Please it's buy dope. some it's shit. Dope. This is the Eagle League Podcast. Peace. So- I'll be touching you.